Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Well, good morning, Abundant Life. How are you guys doing? Good. Okay. You guys are not awake, and don't make me have you do the wave, okay? We did the waves this weekend, taught the kids how to do that, so... Do we need to do it? You guys are so... Yeah, we do. No. <laughs> Josiah says, yes, yes, we need to do the wave. Well, my, if we haven't met, my name is Stephanie Simmons, and I am the Central Children's Director here at Abundant Life. So I oversee all of our kids from birth to fifth grade here in at Clearbrook and work with an amazing team. And just going to give a shout out to our senior pastor, Pastor John and Kristen, for um, leading the way, for letting us have this opportunity today. But when we talk about Kids Conference this weekend, your pastors were here from start to finish, from set up to clean up. They were here. They are 100% behind you and your family. So they are rooting for you, and they are here for you, and we appreciate that so much. We thank you so much. So I get the pleasure of serving with also my family, uh, Terry, and our four children, our two oldest, uh, serve in kids' ministry as well, and we um, cover the gamut when it comes to families. Our oldest is 21, and our youngest is six, so... We have the bases covered. Two girls, two boys. So, yep, that's a story in itself. But anyways, we're blessed to have them and blessed that our children are serving with us. And so I've got about 10 minutes to share with you this morning. And I want to share with you a little bit about my passion and uh, why I do what I do, kind of. So I have two main passions that I want to talk to you about this morning. And the first is that I want children to discover who God is for themselves and two, to live a passionate life for God in hopes of inspiring the next generation to live the same. So the first one here, I really want our children to build a relationship with God for themselves. And in doing that, what we do on Sunday mornings We don't put in a movie and eat some popcorn and just do whatever. You know, we're not babysitting. We are pouring in to these children from toddlers to school age. Even our toddlers have their own worship experience. And then when we get into our, to the gym for school age, they're hearing, uh, they're able to sit into small groups with their grades and, and they're talking about, hey, what is God doing in my life? talking about those things. And so this is why I encourage you so much as parents, when I talk to parents, send your kid back there. Let them get poured into. And in turn, you get to be a little bit selfish on Sunday morning and have this time alone with God. Because as a parent of four I know what that's like to have a busy, busy schedule. You're hectic. You've got homework and school and work and all these things. Your kids are in different things. You're in different things. Hopefully here at church, you're coming in, you're, you're connected. And so this is a time that's set aside 
that don't let anyone mess with. Don't let them mess with that. So you have your time, let your children have theirs. It's important for your children to get to know the scriptures on their level. Pastor John preaches some great messages in here, but they're not broken down for your children. And so I think of it like math class. I'm a teacher by trade. So, you know, we start out teaching our kids how to add and subtract and we build on that. Then comes the multiplication and division. So what we're doing back here in in children's ministry is we're giving them that foundation. We're teaching them how to add and subtract. Then they're going to move on into Crave, into youth group, and they're going to get more multiplication and division. But they need that foundation because in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say that if little Johnny or Susie's mom and dad and grandma and grandpa are saved, then they get to go too. No, they have to have their own relationship with God. They have to discover him for themselves. And I'm just honored that we get to be a part of doing that. My second passion here, to live a passionate life for God in hopes of inspiring the next generation to live the same. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Constantly, we need to be committed to pouring in to our children. As kids ministry volunteers, we have about 40 hours a year with the children who come in. As a parent, you have about 3,000. In the grand scheme of things, that's not really a whole lot of time a year, if you think about that. So you need to be committed that even at home, you're pouring into your children. We know that parents are the number one spiritual influencer in their child's life. It's a fact. We know that. They're watching everything. Every decision you make every day, how you interact with the people at the grocery store, how we interact in the traffic, they're watching. So we're influencing them. So there was research done by the Barna Group in which they found parents do believe they are primarily responsible for the spiritual development of their children, but few parents spend time during a typical week interacting with their children on spiritual matters. How can we raise up our next generation if we're not even talking to them about God? How do we do that? And when, when we're talking about mothering and fathering, it's not just biological. It's everyone. Everyone in here can spiritually mother and father someone else. Doesn't necessarily have to be a child, but someone younger than you, you're pouring into them. 
I want to read an excerpt to you from Parenting with Purpose by Scott Wilson, a book. Every mom and dad is a ceiling when it comes to the next generation. That's a fact. But here's the big question. Is your ceiling going to be the floor, the foundation that your kids are going to build their lives on? Or is your ceiling going to be a lid that hinders their growth? Your answer to this question will be determined by the focus of your heart. The prophet Malachi says that God wants parents to turn their hearts back to their sons and daughters. When that happens, every generation will build on the foundations of their parents, and they will receive a spiritual inheritance that will enable them to get bigger, better, and stronger. But if moms and dads are focused on their careers, success, or pleasure, and this may happen inadvertently, they miss the chance to lift the lids that the enemy wants to place on their children's heads. All of us are imparting our values, beliefs, and attitudes to our kids, whether we like it or not. And far too often, we haven't done the hard work of holding God's values up against the culture's values. So we sing the songs on Sunday morning, but are thoroughly secular the rest of the week. It takes a lot of work to fight against the current of the culture. This packed a punch for me. It certainly did. It made me question, what am I putting in? What, what is the message I'm putting in, and what is the message am I giving out? And so maybe you don't have kids yet, or maybe your kids are older, but you are influencing someone or you should be, in a positive way for God. You should be pouring into the next generation and helping to raise them up. So that's your challenge for today. That's my challenge I give to you, is if you don't have someone that you're pouring into, find someone. And I always say, if you need, if you need someone, we have plenty of kids back there, we'll bring you along the way. We'll help you find your person. So that's my challenge, and as a closeout, I want you to live a life that's passionate for God so that it inspires someone else to do the same. Thank you for letting me share this morning. That was awesome, Stephanie. Thank you so much. I'm challenged, and now I'm going to go find somebody to pour into, but not kids ministry because I know that's not my spiritual gift. <laughs> I love you, though. <laughs> oh, well, good morning, everyone. If we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Charity Burner. I am um, the Connections Coordinator here at Abundant Life Church, and I have the absolute honor of serving alongside Pastor Kristen um, in the Connections Department. And it is our heart to connect each and every single one of you into the body of Christ um, so that you feel like you're at home and you have a place to come home to when you walk through those doors. Yeah. Um, again, I want to say thank you to you guys for just giving us the opportunity to be here and to always pouring into us. Yeah. As Stephanie said, pouring into is so important, and you guys have always done that for us. Yeah. Um, I am a wife. Um, and my husband, Jimmy, leads our men's ministry, the Brotherhood here at Abundant Life Church. Yeah. We just celebrated 20 years of marriage in June. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> 
We have two incredible kids, um, Hope and Brandon. Hope gets mistaken for me all the time. People call out my name thinking she's me. And Brandon, if you've ever met him, has probably invited you to basketball on Tuesday night. He is ruthless in getting people to come to basketball in a good way, in a good way. That's my beautiful family. And I have the absolute honor of having my parents here today. Yeah, Terry and Valerie Combs, my mom and dad. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, when we are asked to speak today, we are asked to share about our areas of passion. And I mentioned before, I'm passionate about connecting and I'm passionate about servant leadership. Let me paint you a picture as to why. I never felt like I completely fit in and no one had to tell me um, any different. I knew I was different and I believed it and that was enough. I created a narrative inside my own head um, that told me I was not seen, I was not heard, and I was not valued. I was alone in plain sight, and if I ever started to doubt it, life came along and confirmed my worst fears. I never imagined anyone else felt the same way I did. Maybe that's the part of life as an outsider. Your mind won't let you believe that you fit in anywhere, even if you find others who feel exactly the same way as you do. The wounds from all the self-fulfilling prophecies of rejection that they reinforce the feelings of being unloved, unwanted, and they lock you into a destructive mindset where you can never fit in. And that's where I was. In my mind, everyone fit in somewhere. Everyone else was in on the joke while I stood on the outside of the circle thinking that the joke was on me. I could never see myself as anything other than the odd man out, and it ate at me more than I wanted to admit. And then one day, I walked into Abundant Life Church. For the sake of time, we can all just go ahead and say amen, and I'll just sit down. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Honestly, but I walked into this very room, and I felt something I had never felt before. You see, it was right here at this very altar. That's where I cried out to God. And I said, Lord, help me find somewhere where I fit in. Help me find my purpose. Help me find a place to belong. There has to be something more, right? It was that one encounter with our Heavenly Father that changed everything for me. I remember Pastor John rolling out these bones onto the stage not so long after that for this sermon series he preached on called The Body of Christ. You guys know those bones, or am I the only one that remembers those from school on the long metal rod, and he just kind of hangs there and dangles? (laughs) Yeah, think about that. As um, we go into this illustration, um, it took us right to 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 27. I want you to picture those bones as we read this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Oh, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. 
Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. You might be thinking, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. What's your point, Charity? Well, my point is simply this. You matter. Your gifts matter, and God doesn't give you these gifts to hoard. He gives you these gifts to share with others. So how are you using your gifts for the kingdom of God? Let's break that verse down a little bit so we can understand it further. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Oh, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. When I walked into this church, I was feeling weak and defeated, right? But this scripture right here tells me otherwise. It says the head needs the hands and the feet to make the entire body work together. Point number one is simply said like this. The person that helps change the trash is just as important as the person standing on this stage. It goes on to say, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. Point number two, God handed out gifts broadly, not just to a select few. You have a gift, and this church needs your gift. You don't have to believe me, but we believe the word of God. And the word of God says right here, if one part suffers, every part suffers. Your gifts and talents, without them, kids' ministry might be suffering. Without them, youth ministry might be suffering, sir or ma'am. And without them, the doors of this church might not be open so that someone like me can come in through them. Yes, don't hoard your gifts. Pablo Picasso said it like this. The meaning of life is to find your gift. But the purpose of life is to give it away. Yeah. The final part of that verse tells us, if one part is honored, every part rejoices Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Body of Christ. Let's come together. Let's work together. Let's serve together so that we, at the end of the day, can rejoice together. Yeah. Amen. Second service. What's popping, y'all? Let's go, guys. I'm so excited to be able to bring you guys the word today. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Josiah. I am the assistant media coordinator here at the church. So a lot of the graphics and videos you guys see, uh, I make a lot of those. And if you guys have ever seen me with the camera, I promise you, I'm not a creep, okay? Uh, I get paid to do that, okay? (laughs) So uh, I'm not creeping. Sorry if you thought that, but... Uh, I promise you, I'm not. Um, But I am also, I have the privilege of being uh, the pastor's son, Pastor John and Kristen, and I'm clearly the favorite child. Uh, Yes. Thank you. Claire and Kyra are not here to defend that, so I'll take that honor for today. Um, But in all honesty, guys, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so honored to be here. I have grown up in this church my entire life. So 17 years we've been here, man, it's been a journey. And like, I never thought I'd be up here, but this is truly a dream come true. So thank you guys for making that happen. So blessed by that. 
And yeah, hey, if you don't know me, come talk to me after. I'd love to get to know you. Um, I help serve in our youth department as well, in our youth ministry. And we like to get loud, okay? We like to get loud and crazy. It might get loud in here, y'all. I'm just going to say that. I preach fast and I talk loud, okay? We're going to have fun, okay? They only gave me 10 minutes, so we're going to do this thing, all right? We're going straight into it. So we're going to be reading in a li- uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 today. And in this story, I just, I love this story. It's about Elisha, and Elisha is encountered by this widow. And Elisha, if you don't know who Elisha is, Elisha is this mighty man of God who performs many miracles, and he learned from Elijah himself. So this is a mighty man of God. So we're about to read of this encounter here, and so just follow along with me. 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. It starts out, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, My husband is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, I have nothing. I have nothing. That's the title of my message today. You know, I feel like we say this more than we really think we do. I have nothing. I have no money. Where are my college kids at? Hey, we're broke. Yeah, I see you back there. I have no job. Where are my college kids at? Hey. (laughs) In the case of this woman, I have no husband. I have no wife, I have no boyfriend, I have no girlfriend, I have no guidance, I have no clarity, I have no hope. God, how can I move on with nothing? God, how can I move on without hope? How can I move forward? In the case of this widow, God, I'm about to give my two boys away because I can't afford to keep them. I have no food, I have no money, I have nothing. How can I move on? How can I make it out of this impossible situation? But notice how she says she has nothing except, except a little bit of oil, except a little bit of oil. And I like to picture it like when she was talking to Elisha, she barely mentioned the oil. She was like, you know, I have nothing except like this little bit of oil. Like it was almost not even worth mentioning to him. It was that little bit. That's how, that's how I imagine that. But the story, it doesn't end at the except. And we keep reading here. Verse three, Elisha said, Go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. You see, aren't you guys thankful the story didn't end at the except? The story didn't end at the except, right? Except a little bit of oil. Except God can turn your little into a lot. God can turn your little into a lot. You see, Elisha told her to go get a lot of jars in preparation for a lot of oil. Go get a lot of jars in preparation for a lot of oil. See, even when you have a little, God tells us to prepare for a lot. Even when you have a little, we must get a lot. You see, the story, it doesn't end at the except. The story starts when we expect. The story doesn't end at the except. The story starts 
when we expect, when we stop at the accept, we are limiting the very power of God and the power that God has in our situation. You see, if Elisha would have told her, hey, you know, widow, go get like maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. I think God's got like three in them today, right? (laughs) Then we are limiting what God can do in our situation. We are limiting what God can do in our life. We cannot limit what God is doing in our situation. We have to expect God to fill us when we're empty. We have to prepare for God to supply us when we have nothing. We have to get rid of the accept, and we have to expect today. Get rid of the accept and expect. Let's keep reading. Verse 7, finish with this. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. In the previous verses, we see that the oil actually stopped flowing when they ran out of jars. What this verse is saying is God will give you exactly how much you need when you need it. Isn't God good? He'll give you exactly how much you need the exact moment you need it. And he gave him more. He filled the oils up. He filled the jars up with oil. But if you read here in verse 7, let's go back to that. It said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live off of what is left. So not only did they have enough, did the widow have enough to buy her sons back and pay off her debts, she also had enough to live off of it. So God will not only give you what you need, he'll give you more. We serve a big God here. We don't serve a little God. We serve a God that supplies us with everything we need. We have to prepare for all that God is going to give us today. I want to end with this. Verse 2, let's go back to that. If you could put that up there for me. Elisha asked the woman, what do you have in your house? You see, the only reason this widow came to Elisha is because she believed that he could help her. She was in a desperate situation where she couldn't help herself. That's the only reason she came to Elisha. Because Elisha was a mighty man of God. He was a miraculous man. He had money. So clearly, she only came to Elisha thinking that he would help her. But Elisha asked this question, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? You see, God used what she already had. You see, she had it the entire time. She had that little bit of oil, and God used it. God used what she already had. It's already inside of you. It's already inside of you. You see, he'll use your little. God will use your little. God will use your accept. God will use what he's already placed inside of you to bless you, to grow you, to give you more abundance. God will use your little bit of oil. God will use your little dream. God will use that little bit of money that you have. God will use that little bit of tie that you have. God will use that little bit of time you spent with him last night. God will use that little conversation you had with that person last week. God will use your little. God will use your faithful. God will use your step by step. God will use your little by little. God will use your empty jars. We just have to bring it to him. We have to prepare for God to turn a little into a lot. We have to prepare for God to turn my I have nothing into I have everything I need. Come on, we serve a good God. God will turn your little into a lot. He will turn your accept into your expect today. It starts with the preparation though. Are you bringing your empty jars to him? Because if we brought one or two jars, that's not enough. We have to bring 
every jar we have, expecting God to fill us. If you're empty today, if, if you don't feel like going on today, if you feel like you don't have any oil left, if you feel like you have nothing, even if you feel like you have a little bit, I want to tell you today, God has already put it inside of you. He's going to grow it. We have to believe it and we have to prepare it. It's not just God. We have to prepare the empty jars for him. It starts with the preparation. Let's go ahead. Let's pray over this word. God, we come before you right now, God, with empty jars. God, we know that you are not a God of a little bit. You are an exceeding God. You are an abundant God. You are an overflowing God. You will stop at nothing, God, to make sure that we are filled. God, you take our little bit of oil and you take it to where we need it to be, to everything we have and more. God, let us come expecting, with a heart expecting today. God, help us to stop making excuses in the accepts and let us expect today because you are good and you are big and you are God. God, we thank you so much, Lord. Bring us our empty jars, God. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.